Sunset Crypto. Hello and welcome back. We are back in the booth. It's Monday, November 5th. We're recording this. It's the eve of election day, and I think, burp, 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 burp. I, I think we've been away for like three or four months at this point, uh, but we're back. That's an extended summer vacation. Yeah, we were away for a while. We were doing some stuff. Um, you know who? what else was away? Um, was crypto, because uh, what, what happened there? We all got wrecked. We all got wrecked. Nobody seems to really be a crypto person anymore, except Vlad. It's it's great actually. There's a, there's a, it's a little bit refreshing that not everybody is an ICO guru or like a crypto advisor anymore. But I filled out all the forms and they said that I was one. It, like everyone everyone was eager to tell you all about crypto back in late winter, like spring, and then just like all the experts dropped off, and now even like the actual experts, like even OGs, have thrown their hands up. Yeah, and are like I, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, I think it, there was a, a a major humility moment for a lot of people, um, a lot of people. <laughs> I wonder why it's humility though, right? Because how human is that that it ends up being humility? With twenty twenty hindsight, to to put ourselves back into let's say January February, that could never have continued. Right? Yeah, like just like everything going up exponentially every day. Yeah. Just it, it, it was so wildly unsustainable no, of that, that, that the idea that, you know, we now have humility it, it, as, as though like we all like it, it, it's crazy to me to think that like, did nobody see this coming? I think a lot of people saw it coming. I think I think at the end of the day, a lot of people did see it coming. A lot of people who who still do believe in the technology, uh, I think. Are, are, are having to sort of reassess how they look at this and kind of replot where on the on the sort of adoption chart crypto really is. Um, so something that's uh, something that I've heard, not an original thought, but I think it's a I think it's a thought that everyone's had, but a good way to verbalize it is that maybe so, I, I, it's a bit pretentious too. That maybe some of the tourists have left, yeah. and like and those that are either creators or builders are still in it and can get back to work. Yeah. Now that's an awfully self-congratulatory way of saying that I'm wrecked, but I'm still in it. <laughs> yep. Yep. But, um, I, I do think that it's forced a lot of people to think about the why and, 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 and start to look around the landscape and pay greater attention to how much, of a value add is anything. Yeah. Um, and actually, so one thing that I think is really uh, an interesting topic to talk about, um, we, I mean, we can we can um, go on and on about how wrecked everybody is mm -hmm. and examples of wreckage, but one of the interesting things to, uh, to think about is, is this a bad thing? Is, is it a bad thing? I don't think it is a bad thing. I mean, I, I think it's... A bad thing if your goal was uh, to become a millionaire by the time you turn thirty, you know. I, I think I think those people, um, you know, sort of wish I was one of those people. But I, you know, I, I think I think those are the people that suffered. But I don't think it was a bad thing if you're looking at the overall health of the industry. You know, to your to your point, it cleared out it cleared out the tourists, and now the the only projects that will have any shot at survival are those that have a real why, that have a reason that. Uh, that that have actual utility. Sure. So, as far as emerging tech with lots of capital behind it, blockchain and cryptocurrency is still emerging tech that has lots of capital behind it. So I do think that there is no shortage of opportunities to get rich and retire by the time you're 35. That's still out there. And actually, um, it's not to my point that the tourists are out. I think somebody else said that, and I'm paraphrasing it. But actually, I really don't like that 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 um that notion that the tourists are out what i'm kind of like we, we kind of look back at all of these shit coins right that couldn't have possibly kept going up because there's no product and there's no value there it's just an idea with something that behaves like money yeah attributing value to that idea 
what the 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 thought that I like speaking here in November is that um, everyone with a half baked idea and a friend who's a developer of some kind was able to launch a coin out there, uh, a utility token based on an idea that they're going to raise money to create. Um, I'm happy that scammers have been wrecked. That makes that makes me sleep well at night. But I like this idea that every everyone with everyone with an idea put it out there. There are so many use cases and tokens for use cases where there is no use case that it's almost it, it comes back around like a boomerang and self filters the entire industry. Mm-hmm. We like I think the entire crypto blockchain industry threw just handfuls of spaghetti at a wall and we're now seeing what sticks. So speaking of that, one of the things I really wanted to ask you about, because I, I think this idea of the diversified crypto portfolio, even if your interest is purely the financial play. And by the way, I know this well from my cloud life. You mean the speculative play? The speculative play, yes. The speculative play where like, okay, we're, we're basically trading these like, like assets, like, you know, we're trading stocks, bonds, et cetera. Okay. Um, even, you know, if, if that's your play, how many of, of the following five coins do you think will still exist in mass circulation or, or with any sort of utility in five years? And, and tell me why. The five coins that I'm thinking of are Ethereum, Litecoin, Ripple, Monero, and Bitcoin Cash. Pause for dramatic effect. Uh, Will, producer Will, do we have like an old West kind of backdrop of like a tumbleweed <laughs> like bouncing across a dirt road? Like, yeah. Hello, hello. Yeah, we need. We need that, like good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Bueller. Um, okay, that's a that's a great question. Wait, um, just real quick, producer Will, who by the way, because we are at Magic Hour Studios, looks like Fitz Magic Hour Studios with that beard and that hair. So much. Yes. So much. Yes. yes. This this uh, episode of Sunset Crypto. Fitz well, tra- not it's Fitz Magic Hour Studios, not Fitz Tragic Hour Studios. <laughs> Compliments of a Jets fan. Um, okay, give me that list one more time. I think I have my answer set, but I, I, I want to hear the five again. Okay, well, well let's just go by one by one. Okay. Ethereum. Five years, will it still be a thing? Yes. Why? There are good companies built on Ethereum. Ethereum is a widely used platform. It has its troubles it has its limitations but it also has a dedicated uh community of developers that are committed to it and there is so there are there's there's just enough capital behind it that even if things fall off and fail i think it's got five years of runway okay i can live with that answer all right litcoin also known by nerds as litecoin um eh I don't. Th- I mean, I don't know that. Um, I mean, pass. Right. I've 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 been wrong on Litecoin every single time. Yeah. So um, so pass. I just um, I I'm not sure that it has. Um, can we edit out all the ums? Yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait, okay. Wait, uh, so I, I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna spoiler alert the next. Ooh, okay. And I think that, generally speaking, I'm going to feel one way or another about each of the things that you mentioned on whether or not they're a platform that are going to attract other other businesses to come build on that platform and use that currency as the gas for that platform or a usable thing for that platform. Now, Litecoin, like Bitcoin, doesn't have that uh, doesn't have that element to it where Litecoin isn't out there pitching emerging businesses to, to build blockchains for themselves on the Litecoin protocol. Litecoin is an attempt at digital cash, not unlike Bitcoin, not yep. unlike Bitcoin Cash, and not unlike um, any of the coins that are a means of transferring value across the internet. I've never felt that... Um, I felt that Litecoin has been a more nimble version of Bitcoin. 
Well, that's certainly how they market it. Right. And I think that's because you have a smaller community around it. And you it's, it's a little bit like when there are changes made to Bitcoin, there are big news, big changes. People don't agree. It forks off, becomes something else. And then you have Litecoin, which is a smaller community, and it's a more nimble community. So they, for example, I think they were really strong in that when SegWit came along, uh, they were quick to adopt it and to good and to good results. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think Litecoin is strong for that reason. It's agree or disagree. It's it's the vanilla of crypto. Yeah, it's a little undifferentiated. You know, I I, I agree with that, and I think. You know, you bring up a lot of good reasons why Litecoin could make it. I kind of run pessimistic on this because I, when I was thinking about the coins that I wanted to ask you about, I was trying to think about like, all right, these are largely some of the, you know, top-ish players. Top, I mean, I would consider these guys like the top coins still. Uh, and other than Bitcoin, of course, because I don't think there's any doubt that Bitcoin will be around in five years. Um, and I think that right now I, I think there is going to be a greater reckoning over the next five years i i think a lot of these coins are going to have to either really find their secret sauce or they're going to die and and by die i don't necessarily mean you know uh I, I don't know the price fall to zero you know or close to it and i i think litecoin could be one of those because i think even though they are smart and even though they are they are nimble to your point they're a little non-differentiated right now well, let me uh, let me play devil's advocate with that thought, right? Litecoin versus Bitcoin. Yep. Let's let's suppose for a second that Lightning Network is a rousing success and Bitcoin realizes Satoshi's vision of digital cash, right? Just for a second. Yep. Or for the sake of argument, let's pretend for a second that transacting a Bitcoin is as easy and quick as transacting a Litecoin, right? All things being equal, you're traveling around the world, you're in, um, you're in Mexico City and you want to buy a taco on the street. Yep. The vendor accepts Bitcoin and Litecoin. As it stands today, are you, if you have a wallet with both Bitcoin and Litecoin, are you going to be, feel better about spending Litecoin for your taco or Bitcoin for a taco? Litecoin, get rid of that trash. Right? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I... I... I, I think ultimately, yes, I probably still would do the Litecoin, but that's because I want to hold on to the Bitcoin. That's exactly my point. Yeah. I, I'm, this, is, this is not a pre-rehearsed thing, okay, listeners. Yeah. Like, that was exactly my point. I think as much as people say, no, Bitcoin's not digital gold, Bitcoin, the Satoshi's vision was that it should be spent like digital cash yeah. freely and free commerce. You know what? People think twice about spending their Bitcoin. Yeah. All right, let's just move on because I just realized that I recruited three friends to quote unquote get into crypto during the boom, and uh, I just said Litecoin was going to die, and I bought Litecoin for them. So let's just move on. Hey, I told my I told my aunt I took crypto with your aunt into the real world. Yeah. I told my aunt to kind of I thought Ethereum was a little bit overheated at like four hundred yeah. or five hundred, mm -hmm. and then it shot up, and she kind of side eyed me. I feel real good about it now. Yeah, but look, uh, but to just cap that last dialogue. While the ICO market is dead, there are there are still some diamonds in the rough out there that I've been talking to, yeah. and I've signed up for two ICOs, mm -hmm. and they want crypto, and not fiat. And you know what? I'm gonna put I I'm gonna put my Ethereum because I want to hold on to my Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. That's just how I feel. I'm, yeah. I I don't feel incentivized to spend my Bitcoin. And I think to answer your question, that's Litecoin's chance. Litecoin has a chance to actually be digital spendable cash. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, Ripple. Um, great company. Don't know about the coin. I don't... I mean, you, you, you see all these great metrics that come out. Like, yeah. people are like, what if Ripple goes to $10? And then it's like, well, there isn't enough money in the world for, for Ripple yeah. to cost $10. Yeah. So it's... Um, I don't know what's going on with that coin. I know that people still believe pretty strongly in... Um, in the company, in the protocol, but uh, there's still not really a correlation of the success of the company to the success of the coin. I'm, um, I tend to agree those with those that say if there is a use case for XRP, it's to be a stable coin. Yeah, and it really should not be a speculative asset. I, um, I mean, isn't that you know this is a stupid, naive, non-finance guy answer, but 
Isn't that ultimately what like a settlement coin is? Isn't it just like a stable coin for you jumping from currency to currency? Right, but they're not marketing it. Well, I don't know if they're, they're not. No, they're not, not marketing it that way. But but I mean, isn't you know the whole thing about Ripple is like cross border settlement, right? Right. So, isn't that essentially just a stable coin, but for fiat currency? Maybe the maybe the end game there is to be spendable digital cash because there's such a huge supply of it and there is an element of centralization yeah. to it. Um, but I'm not buying Ripple. I'm not buying XRP right Fuck now. No. All right, let's move on. Um, okay, two more. Monero? Monero will be around. Yeah. Monero- I, don't, I don't know about Monero as a, uh, again, as digital money, but going back to where we started, platform, right? Yeah. I, I know, I know, industries and companies being built on top of ethereum there's a very dedicated community of developers that are doing that um in a in a subsequent podcast we can really dive into the bulletproofs they just put like it's just good it's a good protocol and you got to respect that um i think you got to respect monero as a platform i agree i agree with that and i also i mean monero is sort of like the this is going to sound like an insult, but I promise I mean it. I mean it as a compliment to Monero. Monero is sort of like the cockroach of cryptocurrency because okay. how the hell do you kill Monero? You know what I mean? There's there's a group of, to your point, unbelievably dedicated and passionate people behind the project who believe in the idea of privacy in in your money and. I don't see that dying. And I think Monero, because it's not a company, because it's truly an open source project, has a better chance of surviving than any other privacy coin. Sure. Uh, I, I agree. I don't, I'm not, I can't possibly speculate or know about the coin, but I can report back from the front lines that there are legitimate businesses being built on the Monero, on, mm-hmm. on using Monero protocols, and they're constantly improving it. So I would, I would feel stronger about monero okay fair and then last one bitcoin cash i want to say no but i also know that again reported back from the front lines um about what's just trying to be money and what's trying to be a protocol yeah um i do know that roger ver and bitcoin cash people i look i personally am not a fan of bitcoin cash that's my bias so i want to say fuck no but the fact is that um, that squad is out there and they are recruiting uh, mostly blockchain companies to come and like build layer two solutions yeah. on Bitcoin Cash. So there's a pulse there. Yeah. I just don't like it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, they are kind of like the – I just don't like the community, <laughs> to tell you the <laughs> truth. Like I have no I, – I guess I can't really say whether or not I think the coin will be around, but – um, they're kind of, I don't know. It's kind of like punk Bitcoin and, um, yeah, it's, it is punk Bitcoin. That's, that's, that's good. All right, let's move on. Um, so tomorrow is election day, midterm election day. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened a while ago, but our candidate, Brian Ford, uh, in California, who was running for Congress did not win his primary. He was running on a crypto, a pro crypto platform. Um, and and we, it we was a very him. blockchain-friendly platform. It was a blockchain-friendly platform, and, and I, we liked him. We tweeted at him, and I think he liked one of maybe or maybe more of our tweets. And therefore, uh, he would have captured my vote if I was a resident of California. He's good district. people. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, um, what do you think it's going to take for crypto to make it onto the ballot? What is that? Let me ask you. Let me fire that right back at you. What do you, What does crypto on the ballot mean? I have no idea, but <laughs> I just really want a candidate who runs on crypto because I think it'd be funny. Like, I think, I think that'd be really fun. Like, I mean, think about it. Crypto for this guy was an issue for all of 10 minutes. It's not like legalized marijuana. You for know the I mean? love of God, can we please stop running candidates for the lols? Wait, what? Uh, can we stop running oh, candidates yeah. for, the, for the lols? Well, we, when, had, we, we had one big candidate that won from the lols. When? And I, fucking Trump. <laughs> Dude, I was just kidding. <laughs> I know. Dude, our, our chemistry is so off. It's yeah, been, I know. It's, 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 we're rusty. That's terrible. All right, th- we're we're good. We're, we're okay. gonna get back. We're gonna get back on track. All right. So Brian Ford. Let me get, ask. You, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think a blockchain candidate on a ballot has to win to push adoption forward? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I because I think it's normalization for people who don't care about it. 
seriously, I think I think nothing could be better than a candidate bring, making it a front and center issue. But I, I it, you know, <laughs> I can't imagine at this point in our lives, an American political climate anyway, where that is an issue. Um, I guess that this is maybe a question for a generation above us, maybe maybe even for our parents. But was there in the '90s was there a pro-internet candidate? I don't know. I mean, maybe it came up in the context of like a stock market bubble, you know. I know Which Howard Dean was the that. first to like leverage like early social media. Howard and, Dean? Yeah, and no, really? like yeah. Uh, there, uh, I read a book about. What did he use? I mean, that was like MySpace era. Okay, you know? and I was going to say and that was, was he on like Facebook? no, no, that was pre-Facebook. That was uh, that was really early days of like of rudimentary social networking, yeah. but he did make use of but i mean like his grassroots can um efforts leveraged the internet right um but obama's um often referred to as like the first like candidate social media social savvy m- candidate yeah. yeah and um jesus christ look where we are now but <laughs> yeah i know, I know. Uh, but no i think that um my question about bringing up um whether or not there was an internet candidate was yes Will it norm? Would a candidate that wins a highly, uh, who wins on a on a on a on a big platform and runs on a very pro blockchain? Let's put government services on a blockchain. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, I do think that would normalize it for a lot of moms and dads. But is that is normalizing in that capacity a a greater driver of adoption? than product. Like, I guess my point is, my point is, I'm answering my own question, no. Because yeah. we there was no candidate, I don't think, that was like, you know, make email the preferred method of communication for people. Right. Eventually, interface and product made Gmail effectively a standard. That's true. I mean, I think there are multiple ways to, to demystify you know, and I think one of them is by putting a prettier face on it, to your point. Mm. And I think another would be, uh, I mean, leaders leading people there. You know, um, I don't think I don't think that if you just picked the average American, they could tell you who Vitalik Buterin is. You know, I don't think they have any clue because I don't think he's someone who makes it easy for average Joe to get involved. You know, but I think someone like Brian Ford, who is, you know, personable, good in front of the camera, whatever. Possibly Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. Yeah. And let me also just say, I've never seen Brian Ford speak and I have no idea what his other policies are. I think he ran as a Democrat. Um, But I just know he was pro crypto and pro believe legal marijuana. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, I, I think that I think that that actually would go a long way if, if some politician who people liked and people paid attention to suddenly said this is a big issue or this is something that i support i actually do think it would make an impact i think it would definitely get people i agree to your point i agree that it would get a lot of people asking again a lot you know we, we were talking before we started recording when was the last time a mom asked yeah. asked you about crypto i think moms would start asking about crypto again if a high profile politician who talked a lot about blockchain I think that would come back. Yeah. That said, though, moms. shout out moms. Shout out moms. That said, um, I my opinion is a Brian Ford win would have been great. I think he's a genuine and um, well-meaning and smart candidate. I think blockchain adoption on the government level would be amazing. But I am pretty strongly of the opinion that during the internet boom, moms aunts, uncles, retail, dads, cousins, neighbors weren't asking early internet adopters about HTTPS protocol. Yeah. They got America online in a, in a pretty box and yeah. it was really easy to use. They didn't have to they didn't have to learn tech. And I think I think we're still at a nascent enough stage in the blockchain community that you know, you just threw out five coins and we kind of got into What's a protocol? What's not a protocol? What's yeah. digital money? What's um, you know? What's a bulletproof for for Monero as opposed to Casper on Ethereum? 
et cetera. And I, I really think that uh, driving adoption means we have to stop using those words. Um, something that I've heard a bunch and something that I've said a bunch in public forum is people have to be using blockchain without really needing to know what a blockchain is. Ideally, without even knowing they're using a blockchain. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I, I think that uh, there's enough like technical wizardry and research that you can do out there. Like That is out there in spades. What isn't there is the, the the simplification of it for people. You know, sometimes that's a UI. Sometimes that's um, you know just the way you kind of in, you like experience something. And and I think that uh, the more ways that we, that through product we get people to use the technology without feeling like oh this I, I'm like I'm sticking my my foot into some into quicksand or into some you know dangerous lake. Like they, they're 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 just. It's just another thing, you know. It's just another bit of technology that all of a sudden this is blockchain now. This isn't cloud, or this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't mobile. This isn't something else. This is just blockchain. So, let's take that a step further, right? And crypto wallets. What are you? Um, I don't know if it's Shapeshift or Mew or whatever you're using, whatever I'm using, but any of the options out there. Think of a friend who is not tech savvy and yep. who doesn't know from blockchain and is just kind of like oblivious to it, maybe knows that you're involved and has heard about it. That friend, whoever you're picturing, I mean, can you think of a crypto wallet or a crypto application out there that has an easy enough UI UX experience that they could pretty comfortably navigate it if need to? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that they could probably figure out, like, the ledger, you know? I, I do. Um, but I also think that they'd have to be reasonably tech-savvy already. And I think I think that's pretty common for people our age. The ledger. Okay, let's go with the ledger, because I do agree with you that of the available options, ledger falls closer to what I would say would be easy. Mm -hmm. Ledger still requires you to go into my Ether wallet, which I do not think is user-friendly for non-tech-savvy people. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and also, um, not sure I remember my ledger password. I'm just kidding. I have nothing. <laughs> I mean... Or do I? Is it still... I remember when everything was going gangbusters, the hoops people th would think through to have their passwords written down somewhere and yeah. their seeds and private keys, Yep. but hidden... So are people still doing that? Or is it like there's just not enough meat in the bone to even try stealing? I don't know. I, I did all the things they said you're supposed to do, um, except that I made my, my four-digit uh, ledger password the same four digits, um, last four of my social, which is just 2222 to make it easy to remember. <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, speaking of ledger, um, and then we can come back to what we were talking about before. But Keith? I just... I just have to say this because apparently this is the 10 year where we just passed the 10 year anniversary of Bitcoin of the publishing of a Satoshi white paper. That's it. Okay. So, uh, ledger tried to sell me a special limited edition 10th anniversary, uh, ledger wallet, which is like the same as the regular one, but maybe a different color and $20 more expensive to, keep next to your commemorative coin collection i think so yeah it's like all those remember that like when they came out with like the state coins yeah you know it was like first they had delaware it's like oh cool we're delaware we're the first state There's and they else i remember those and they had those yeah. uh, they, they even gave those those little folders with yeah. uh where you could put the quarter into yep. with the map and everything and and then it just kind of ended up being a couple of dollars worth of yeah, decoration. you're basically just like, now I have this cardboard and some change, you know? <laughs> so that That's that what I feel like Ledger is doing to me with just a better interface. Um, can, I get, can I can I lay down a lukewarm take? Dude, hit it. Can we stop? Yeah. Can we, like, not you and I. Yeah, I, mean, oh, okay. I mean, I mean, no, no, Big Will, keep, keep recording. <laughs> um, can, like, we, I, I actually was put off by all the people wishing... Bitcoin, a happy 10-year birthday, and, yeah. um, you know, we survived. Like, we're still surviving. 
one. And I agree. Like, it, it's been a long, strange trip of Bitcoin. And all that's great. But, okay, look. Uh, let me let me retract. The, the happy birthday Bitcoin tweets were cool. We're yes. fine. Whatever. It has been a long, strange road. What I was put off by on that whole 10-year anniversary thing were people, like, tweeting pictures of the white paper and basically, like, memorializing Satoshi and the white paper, like, like it's like a, almost like it's like a, a some sort of historic document. Yeah. And in some ways it is, right? But, I mean, like, we frame and praise and visit on grade school trips the Declaration of Independence and the, I was con- just and the Constitution. Say, like, you have the Declaration of Independence, then you have the original white paper. Yeah, I... Um, Two most important documents. Yeah, I... Um, I, w- I was kind of I was just kind of put off by that. Yeah, I it's it I mean I didn't see I wasn't exposed to all that much of it, but it seems a little silly to me. Um you know, especially because uh as people have documented over and over again, Bitcoin is not a person and who are you congratulating exactly? Right. Like, like a, a loosely connected community of people. Like uh, I the the counter argument might be the that the Constitution is a living document that can always be amended and whatever, but the original signal is a break from the old way of doing things to the new way of doing things, and the white paper is no different, and yada, yada, and I get it, and this is like the, the break where we can start like taking our financial independence back from banks. Were and you know, pe- what, and you know what? No, people, it's not. Were there people who were comparing it to the, de- the Declaration of Independence for real? Did uh, you see a real comparison? Of I saw... I just saw a people memorializing it okay. to that level and I and idealizing it and I actually you know uh, I I have my problems with it but I I'd, I'd, I'd actually also put it up with uh, put up there with like certain people putting up statues like di- like a digital statue to for a memorial to Satoshi and I just um I think it um I think we have to make it happen first before we can celebrate ourselves. I agree. I agree. Just existing for 10 years is not that, that big of a deal. I um, mean, a lot of things have existed for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, cool. Wait, so, um, you know, we, we talked obviously a bit about how, um, the, the party has sort of cleared out, sure. but you are still very much a part of the block party. Ayo. Uh, so let's just segue. Let's just get like a five to ten minute update on, uh, you know, what's going on because it's a little bit like, like I imagine, um, you know, the front lines after like the atomic bomb was dropped, dude. Well, <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I apologize for all the people who it's too soon for from 1945, uh, but the point being, you're still in it every single day. You are still, uh, you know. A guy, a big guy at a crypto company, a blockchain company. Sorry, do you want to be called a crypto company or a blockchain company? I prefer. Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, I, I actually the only part of all that that I take issue with is that big guy. I, I'm I'm sensitive about. You're a my, humble. You're a I'm, humble I'm, big I'm guy. sensitive about my weight and my stature. Okay. Cool. Well. All right. Then you're you're a nobody. Uh, we've established <laughs> you're a nobody at a nothing company that does. Uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain stuff. Yeah. So just give us like, you know, give us like the five minute, five, ten minute update on what's been happening with Block Party. Okay. Uh, on Block Party or just kind of the whole thing in general? Because I, on, the, cause on the whole thing in general, I will say that the the tourist bit that we did earlier in the in the pod actually applies a bit to the conferences. Okay. I, I, um, I think that at the big conferences, there are a lot fewer people, period. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot fewer people, one, because there are fewer, I'm just here because I want to know what ICO to, mm-hmm. to, to go into next. So the people that go are there for a purpose at this point, not right. just kind of like I'm sort of info hunting. And and of the people that are there with a the purpose, there are fewer, I there are fewer people in general even that are there with a the purpose because of... Uh, I think less companies can afford to send people yeah, to these yeah. uh, to these conferences, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Um, and I was thinking through this a little bit uh, recently. I was uh, I was talking to the CU Blockchain Society the, at at uh, Boulder. Oh, uh, like the university. 
Yeah, okay. they, they had um, CU Boulder had a had a blockchain summit, and um, you know there are a lot there were a lot of uh, grad students there and, and undergrads that are um, graduating soon and are considering an entrepreneurial slant and raising an ICO, and we were kind of talking we were kind of workshopping and talking through what it means on a real day to day basis to to raise an ICO. Yeah, and. My, I didn't want to be too negative, but from a real operational standpoint, I wasn't telling people about really deeply consider whether or not you to tokenize this idea. Yeah. Not because, not to do the snarky, oh, do you really need a blockchain bit that everybody that everybody does, but actually, again, operationally, block tokenized blockchain versus database, right? And it's going to be a lot harder, and I, and I, and I agree, it's, it's going to be a lot harder for an entrepreneur in their 20s just fresh out of um, their degree program to go to VCs and raise $10 million, yep. uh, which is why ICOs and blockchains are great. It's a much easier access to capital if you can raise it from anybody and it's crowdfunded. But let's say hypothetically, and this is the example I made, you raise $10 million from an ICO. You pay taxes. You're getting a lot of that in crypto, and you're gonna get hit with ta- you're gonna get hit with taxes. Period. One, two. You're gonna hit with taxes every time you trade the crypto you raised for fiat. Yep. Three. You're gonna spend uh, if you raise ten million dollars. I reckon you'll spend in the neighborhood of two, just on legal and regulatory matters, and a whole lot of your time because you tokenized and you have a blockchain company. Yeah. So. I, I expect that if you raise $10 million, half of it might go out the window just because you're a blockchain company. Mm-hmm. So my message was, if you're considering doing that, and you let's say in either scenario you have the means to raise $10 million, consider that you're actually raising a lot less as a crypto company. Yeah, And that's something to think through. And now to your question about what's it like out there and i and i take out there to mean the big crypto conferences that were drawing 6 7 8000 people well it's a good i mean it's a good representation of what out there is right and now in that same out there there are far fewer people and it's not just that joe and jane aren't showing up because they think they can get rich on crypto out of yep. nowhere as a side hustle but it's actually a lot of the companies even like like what you would the, a lot of the comp- ICOs you heard about this time last year that you're like, damn, they raised so much money. Like they have a great idea. People are psyched about this company. Like this, this really has legs. Are today a lot of these guys are like dangerously teetering to going out of business. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, they, like I said, they a lot of money goes out the door operationally just because you're a crypto company. B, a lot of the companies were seemed like they had so many legs and had so much hype because so such an ungodly amount of money was spent on marketing and and PR about how kick ass this um this company is and mm-hmm. every every conference they paid to be there that means they paid like 15k for a booth and speaking slots and and all this stuff i mean um the, the Vitalik's of the world and, you know, some of the better companies, <clears throat> you know, won't mention. Right, right, right. I'm not, yeah. pl- I'm not, not plugging Block Party here. No, no, but, of course. Of but, course. I mean, and I'm, nor am I comparing any of us to Vitalik, but I'm just saying, like, some people are being asked to come speak at conferences. Right. Others are paying 20K per conference. Right, right, right. Between sending their entire team out there and, and paying for the privilege of being there. And they're at every single conference going on world tours. They burn through that money so incredibly quickly with no product for another year or two, which means no real world revenue for a couple of years. That um, you, we find, you know, you find what seemed a year ago like a can't miss yeah. ICO that raised crazy money today is teetering out of business, and that's the other part of the conference crowd thinning out. Not only are the tourists gone, but a lot of the companies can't afford to send their people to these things anymore. Yeah. And that's a thing. Uh, I, I won't name names, but there are conferences that I went to in early this year, late last year, 
that attendees were in the six, seven, eight thousand range. Yeah. It had another iteration. Um, it late uh, in the last like two months or three months that have made, had maybe a thousand people. Yeah, but we're charging the same for sponsorships and um, and speaking fees. Interesting. I it, wonder how they calculate that they can get away with that. They don't. Um, they just kind of put it out there, and they're using. And basically, what ends up happening is that the price of these conferences is like, I don't know, like a thousand bucks, twelve hundred yeah. bucks. But everyone's got a promo code good for like forty free entries. Okay. So they just try to jam people in there, and then go and report to other blockchain companies. Hey, we had so and so thousand people here um, in the last iteration. I see. You know, you you, you get real value of being here. And that's, but and look, that, that's a that's a few of the not great ones. Um, well, here, before I, you, but I, I just, I'm sorry, I came back from LA last week at yeah. Crypto Invest Summit. That was like five thousand people that were like, sure seemed healthy on the West Coast of yeah. like people uh, that were there and and um, companies being raised. Go on, sorry. Uh, no, it's, I, I you said something earlier about um, about Colorado, the the university that I that caught my attention. Do you think a lot of people who like a lot of young age like college entrepreneurs people who want to get into that lifestyle they're thinking the best way or the smartest way or the highest roi way for me to do that is to go blockchain until someone comes in and and kind of like helps them see clarity in that picture can you blame them no definitely not because i think i think the whole industry has kind of cultivated this get rich quick aura and I don't think there was any moment, even during the, you know, everyone getting wrecked, I don't think there was any moment where it was like, oh, we were wrong. You know, it wasn't like the dot-com bubble where it's like, there was a day when your portfolio was worthless, and it was on the news all the time, and everyone was in, everyone was affected. Not nearly as many people were, uh, were as touched or as aware of what happened with blockchain. And what happened with with all the crypto companies falling from you know where they were to where they are now, and I say that with absolutely no research and no data done, so I could be completely wrong about that. Well, the data that's available is not, isn't great. I think I think uh, oh something I saw today in the news was that searches for blockchain there are more Google searches for blockchain now than there are Google searches for cryptocurrency. Interesting. Whatever that means. Yeah. Um, means. Well, listen, I don't think we have had. I don't think crypto or blockchain is there yet where we can have a crash that affects retail investors so broadly. What I do think, though, is we're iterating, right? We're learning. We're throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks. So what's, what's, uh, what I hope the takeaway from all of this is if a bunch of developers raise crazy money and don't have to deliver a product for a number of years... Yeah they're not going to be super incentivized to put in 100-hour work weeks and you know break, burn the midnight oil uh, to work tirelessly to deliver that product when they've pre-raised the money and the people they raised money from have no investors' rights. Yeah. It, you know, I think that was maybe a mistake. And I think the companies that are still killing it out there are the ones that are product-driven. Uh, I, th- I don't think we have to go full security token. I, s- I think there is value in crowdfunding. And I would, s- and, and especially for students, right? I think there is value for crowdfunding because I, I, I don't think that if you have a great, I- if you're 22 and you have a great idea, you necessarily have access to like VC funding. Yeah. You're, you're, you're stuck with friends and fam and friends and fam might not have money. Right. So there is, there is a place and there is value in crowdfunding. Uh, for uh, for companies with great ideas, but I do think token holders need rights. I do, and I do think that the creators of these of uh, the re- the recipients of that funding need to have their feet held to a fire to deliver a product okay. in a timely fashion. All right, we've got like five minutes left. I think give us like a couple minute plug on just block party haps. Oh, awesome. Okay, so one of um, one of the things I've been doing in the hiatus of our pod is Block Party became the first uh, to do a music festival 
to ticket a music festival fully A to Z on the blockchain. That's cool. Uh, it was September 15th in Miami. It was called Best Life Festival. And every ticket for, we scanned in just over 4,000 people at the gate. Uh, we scanned through 4,000 smart contracts. That's awesome. And uh, do you like how I'm reacting like I'm just learning this information? I mean, some of the <laughs> details I didn't know, but I knew you did that already, and that's really cool. Yeah, so, uh, th I mean, that that's really something uh, because uh, a lot of, there's a lot of uh, music industry and live events industry yeah. that's tinkering around with blockchain. I think Grammatics, um, album ICO is well publicized. Uh, DJ Blau uh, put on OMF Festival in... Um, in uh, at the Greek theater, I believe. Yeah, and um, I know that you know he's a uh, definitely an entrepreneurial spirit, smart dude. Mm -hmm. um, so there are different, there are different uh, whether it's individuals, musicians, like the, the live events industry is poking around in blockchain. And I mean, it was cool, man. Uh, I, I guess in a way, the best plug I can give Block Party is what I was saying: make people use have people use a blockchain product without realizing that they're using a blockchain product. Yeah. I bet you of the 4,000 4, and change people that came through the gate, I bet you a vast, vast majority of them have no idea about blockchain or crypto and not knowing that they were being part of a first. Yeah. So I nerded out because people were like asking me questions like, why, like, why do I need this app? Like, why can't I use... Why can't, I, why can't I use a screenshot, a ticket? You know, why this, why that? And I'm just like, download the app. It works like any other app. It looks like yeah. it looks like any other legacy uh, ticketing app. And I was like, hey, and you're and you're and you're doing something like the first of its kind. You're you're attending a, a music festival with a smart contract, and they're like, I just want to get in. Yeah, no, they're, but I, but I mean, I think we've I think we've pretty well established that it's actually blockchain and, and ticketing is a really good match, really good use case. I, in my cloud life, I had a uh, potential prospect who was a crypto company. I won't say what, who they are, what they do, but uh, we just got to talking about the industry in general. And we, I told them about the podcast. They said they would come on. Uh, we'll see if that ends up happening at some point. Awesome. But I told them about block party and they were like, Oh, that's such a great idea. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But there, no, there, they, there, there's they were, a lot of use case. Yeah. And there's a lot of ticketing companies that are all kind of attacking it in their own way. Yeah. And I'm, I think that's so great. I yeah. think we got to grow this pie and just get people using it. Um, one thing that was really cool, the last thing I'll say about uh, Best Life is um, just talking to the performers yeah. backstage. Like, kind of the same thing. Like, hey, I know it's a million, it's, we're in Miami in September and it's 100 degrees outside yeah. and we're, you know, we're getting ready for a festival, but did you know this is the first music festival of its kind to yeah. be using smart contract and they're like, eh, whatever. Right. But actually, those the performers, um, like LMA, uh, who does Boot Up, she was our headliner. Uh, her tour manager was actually like asking questions and getting, yeah. and getting interested in it. And you can kind of see the eyes light up. Yeah. Uh, some of the performers we talked to, you can see the eyes light up when they realize what the implications are of a fair and open ticketing system oh, that yeah. the artist can control and the power of a smart contract to guarantee how tickets exist in this ecosystem. So that was cool. And now moving for uh, block party is getting a huge um, tech overhaul. Um, our enterprise product is uh, around the corner. We've got, um, uh, we've got some really exciting partnerships yeah. coming up um, and just, you know, ticketing is really an inventory game. How many tickets have you sold? Yeah. And to that end, you know, we'll have some really impressive, I think, end of year numbers for our first year in existence. But um, as we record pods more regularly, I have uh, I have some kick-ass announcements and partnerships um, for ticketing coming up in 2019. That's exciting. That's, Very exciting. That uh, I'll be um, I'll be talking about. And uh, what about what about you? Uh, what about you on Crypt Will? What's um what's your what's the next stop in your crypto journey? In my crypto journey, uh, I mean, we need to record more. Is the next stop in my crypto journey? And uh, I you know I think I think um, what I've realized is I am I am an interested skeptic. As it, when it comes to crypto, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I think I was already there, but I don't think I had quite fleshed that out in my head. And I think that um, I think that there is space in what you and I do in terms of creating content, 
for someone who is an interested skeptic and someone who is an incredibly knowledgeable uh, industry person, you know, we've established that you're nobody at your company already, but you are someone. I'm hanging on by a thread, man. You're hanging on by a thread. No, of course not. I mean, you know, in all seriousness, you know, you're you're on the front lines of this. I think there is a, a really interesting continued dialogue to be had between someone like me and someone like you. And I, I think that's why, you know, the occasional, like, we miss each other's jokes aside, like, we, we you know, we'll generally... Get, I, I swear we'll get better at pod. Yeah, everyone. we're going to get way better at that. We're going to edit all that out in post. By the time we're done editing this, it's just going to be one joke about Ryan Fitzpatrick this episode. It's a good joke. It's going to be a good joke. so much like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And most efficient listen, you know, of all of our episodes. It's going to be over in, like, 10 seconds. So I think what's next for me is, you know, look, I want to sit around and basically judge other people's hard work. I think uh, I think what I'd love to tackle in our next episode, as uh, the last thing I'll say on this one, is let's take the interesting skeptic and very knowledgeable skeptic. I mean, you 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 DYR pretty hard. Yeah, you, uh, I mean, you got to. So I'm actually I have my opinions about what 2019 has in store for yep. blockchain and crypto. And I will largely keep those to myself in the next episode. I would like to ask you where you see that going. Yeah, and, man. And uh, an interview, and uh, interview you from a place of what I have heard versus what the interested skeptic is is looking at. Put me on the hot seat. All right, I think that's all the time we got for today. Uh, I forget what number episode this is, but I think this might be. 11 are we in double digits 12 i don't know we're somewhere we're somewhere up there um we're we're gonna blast this out uh like share subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe stealing jokes from other podcasts we're definitely averaging like double digits pods per year easily our ppy is uh is very in, good is the doubles very good um so we're officially back and uh listen to our stuff and uh thanks for listening guys 